Welcome to Scanner School. This is session number 119, 119. Today we're talking about an old classic, the Uniden BC780XLT. Find out why we're talking about that in just a few minutes. Welcome to the Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Okay, welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this podcast is always here to teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, let me say, welcome. Please subscribe to the podcast now so you don't miss anything that's coming up in the future, like our monthly Ask Scanner School sessions where we answer your questions. Now, if you've got a question for me, very simple. You just go to scannerschool.com slash ask and send me your questions, and I'll answer them once per month. I also answer them live on YouTube and also on Facebook on the first Tuesdays of the month as well. So again, scannerschool.com slash ask, submit your questions, and if you leave me a speak pipe or a voicemail, I'll put you in a running for a free tutorial session or free tutoring session where I sit down with you one-on-one over Zoom or Skype. It's a virtual display, especially in today's, you know, today's time with the, the virus running around, the COVID-19, everybody's practicing some social distancing. It's a great way to learn a bit more about your scanner or ask questions one-on-one. So again, scannerschool.com slash ask. But today, we're talking about an old classic and an old favorite of mine, the Uniden BC-780XLT. Now, this radio came out in 2000, so it's, as I'm recording, it's 20 years old, and it kind of shook up the scanner radio market. Now, don't be mistaken, there were other scanner radios out there that can do some of the same things that this radio can do. It wasn't really super revolutionary as to it brought something brand spanking new to the table here. But it's the way this scanner actually operates and what you can do with it, and the power that was behind it made it a go-to scanner for many people at the time. And also, still, people go nuts for this scanner. We'll put a link in the session notes for some eBay auctions so you can take a look at it. In fact, we're now an affiliate with eBay as well. So if you're an eBay user, you can actually use our eBay link to make a purchase, and that also helps out Scanner School. But this radio is is crazy ridiculous as to how many people actually want it. And if you don't have one yet in your collection and it's a good fit for you, I highly recommend taking a look at this classic. Now, again, scannerschool.com slash session 119. In fact, we'll make it even easier for you. Scannerschool.com slash BC780XLT. We'll take you right to the eBay auctions and uh, we'll allow you to take a look at a, a little bit more of what this radio can do. So let's take a quick look at what's under the hood on a BC780XLT. Now, again, the UBC 780XLT, for those of us outside or those of you outside of the North American market, that's your radio. Things are a little bit different when it comes to the UBC, such as the step sizes and the frequency ranges, I believe, but it's still the same, right? It's just a little bit of a tweak, so it works in your market. So first of all, from the top, bottom, one thing you should know about this radio is it does not support rebanding, which means that it doesn't support the new channel layouts on Motorola. Uh, type 2 trunk systems, which are kind of going the way of the Dodo anyway. It doesn't do P25. It doesn't do any digital modes, okay? No P25, no DMR, no NXDN, okay? So it's strictly analog and analog trunking only, which means Motorola Type 1, Motorola Type 2, EDAX, and LTR, okay? Those were the trunk systems that it can handle. What's really cool about this radio, which is no big news these days, though, is the fact that you can put an 
Motorola trunk system in the same bank as conventional frequencies or an EDAX in the same bank as conventional frequencies. You can't mix two trunk systems in the same same bank, but you are still able to mix conventional and trunking together, okay, which is really, really cool. It also allowed you to search out CTCSS and DCS tones. It took forever, but it works, and it gets there. But it can do 500 channels. That's the memory limit on it. Now, again, back in the day in 2000, 20 years ago, that was pretty cool. And it does it in 10 banks. You have 10 priority channels, right? So again, do the math here. You've got 50 channels per bank. In my neck of the woods, you could almost fill up the entire scanner with just my local fire departments and all their fire ground frequencies and everything else. It's insane you know, how little that feels like these days. Again, it works well as a weather receiver. It's got the same weather alert in here. What's really cool too is you've got scan delays that are built in per channel. So you can actually hold and say, I want to hold in this channel for two seconds after the carry drops. Maybe I want to do it for three seconds or five seconds. I think 10 is the most. But you can also do like the anti-holds or like, you know, when you're watching TV and you cycle through a thousand different channels with the remote control and your wife goes, what are you doing? You can do the same thing with the scanner. You can actually have a limit hold on each frequency. So if you only want it to stick around for 10 seconds, you can do that. So even if there's a carrier on, you can say, hey, after 10 seconds, just go back to scanning. So you can have it set up that way as cool, which is really, really, really cool. You can also have it set up with control channel only scanning, which is nice for Motorola systems, which means you don't have to put in all the voice channels in there as well. EDAX patch tracking. Now, again, this whole spec sheet I'm looking at right now comes right off the radio reference wiki. There's no other better way to outline what this scanner could do out of the box and just by going to the radio reference wiki. So again, the wiki page will be in the session notes in the podcast notes, scannerschool.com slash session 119. Channel alerts, which is basically just a bip or a blop or some sort of digital tone that kind of alerts you that there's activity on that frequency. So if you had like a uh, an amateur radio frequency you want to take a listen to or GMRS or a fire dispatch channel that you want to know or a couple different dispatch channels you, or police channel, you can have it, the, the radio send out a quick beep or a boop, right? It's really the best way to explain it here. And this way you would know what frequency it was from across the room if you couldn't really tell it by the voice of the dispatcher, because eventually you start learning that anyway. You would know what, what the frequency is that you're listening to. What's really cool, though, about this scanner, and we'll talk about this on the other side of the break, though, is the fact that it's got an RS-232 serial port in the back. And there's a lot of things you can do with that port besides what they thought was going to happen when they made the scanner. You have a tape out on the back of the radio, which is really cool, because each frequency as it gets programmed in, you can tell it that you want to record that frequency or not. So you could set up maybe five or six frequencies to have it go to a tape deck, right? Vox tape recorders are big back in the day. And then you could have another port on the output go to a speaker. And only those frequencies that you were worried about recording would actually be sent to the recording device. So you didn't have a full tape full of nonsense if you didn't only want to listen to, say, like the fire dispatch frequencies. So again, that was really something interesting that the scanner could do as well. Program searches are already built in for rail, aviation, marine, et cetera, et cetera. I think 20 years later, those have not changed pretty much. You could pre-program 10 search ranges. Again, that's pretty much stock for any scanner. Even 20 years later, this is holding true. Selectable step sizes. Now, again, that probably changes based on the UBC in the normal North American market. And again, it's got really cool, which is data skip, which means if there's data noise on the frequency, it will go back into scan mode. 
Now, the 785D and the 796D had a really nice improvement over the 780s display, but the 780s display was, was really revolutionary for the time. You had uh, a small little LCD segment display that would show you the frequency. 16-character alpha tags were on it. It would show you the PL, the DPL code that was in use. had a nice display on top with the, with the S meter. You'd have your, your bank listings on the top. Even the bank tag was on the screen on, on that radio. And it's just the way it looks. I mean, right now it looks very, very old, very retro, right? Very dated, but very cool for back in the day. And even looking at it now on the shelf, I mean, I own one and I didn't buy one new. And we'll talk about that in this other break too, because something really irks me about buying scanners today that people forget about when they talk about the old scanners. And we're going to talk about that immediately on the other side of the break over here. But it's really, really interesting display. It has got that typical amber backlight that's very popular with the Uniden product line. And it's got the new form factor, the DIN size form factor that was carried out through the years now. So the 785 followed through. The 796 followed it up. The BCT-15X or the BCT-15 was kind of the first new narrower looking as new scanner setup, that's really where you disappeared and lost the 780 styling and the 780 box style. That was what was very popular. But it's just one of those radios that still to these days, to this day, is very, very, very cool. Now, in the box, you had the typical stuff, right? You had the power supply. You had the mounting bracket. What's really cool about the scanner, too, is that it had a it has a flip-down flip stand. So you don't have to take the actual mounting bracket and mount it upside down, and that's your stand the way newer scanners are. It actually has feet on the bottom of it, which you don't see anymore these days. Anyway, telescopic antenna came with it. The manual came with it, which is now, thankfully, scanners are shipping with manuals again, but for a while they weren't. And well written out, well thought of, and it was just a workhorse. And a lot of people loved these scanners because it worked – I mean the the bands the band frequency bands on this is unbelievable. Uh, for the U.S. market here, it's twenty five straight to five twelve, eight oh six through nine fifty six, and twelve forty to thirteen hundred. It's got a pretty good range on it. These are great radios, and people love them for mill air and aviation because they're really really good in those bands. With the RS two thirty two port in the back. You could pipe the data out to frequency logging software. So you'd be able to at least walk away from the radio and start logging hits and, and controlling the scanner. And you had third party apps that would allow you to program the scanner and then control it. So this was really something that you couldn't get before in a great package. So on the other side of the break, I want to talk about. Some of the aftermarket stuff that came with this radio that supported it, which elevated it to the next level. The software, the hardware. Thinking outside of the box with this scanner made it something that I think went well beyond and above what Uniden ever expected from this radio. But what makes it such a cool unit again to these days. Be right back after these messages. This session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealers serving the North American market. Now, if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, we can get you a quote at the very best prices. So why does a company like East Coast Pagers support Scanner School? I think that every scanner reader user should at least 
put one pager in their collection of radios. The reason why is very simple. It frees up your scanner to just do scanning, and then you have one radio that's dedicated to your local fire activity. Now, with a pager, you can have voice storage. You can do tone outs. You can keep it silent. You can go back the next day and listen to what you've missed overnight. It's more than you can do with an out-of-the-box scanner. And with today's pagers having multiple frequencies and even having multiple channels in a scan list, like the Unication G1 can do eight channels in a scan list. It has 64 memory channels, and out-of-the-box, it comes with 11 minutes of stored voice and a desktop charger. The G2s to G5s, they do P25 phase one and phase two in simulcast environments with stored voice, paging on conventional NP25. Oh, and they're upgradable too to DMR type one and type two. They are more rugged than today's consumer-based scanners. And with a pager like a Swiss phone S-Quad, you won't even realize you're wearing one. It'll help keep you informed as to what's going on in your neighborhood. So again, eastcoastpagers.com or contact me directly, phil at eastcoastpagers.com. Do you have a new scanner? You're having problems understanding how it works. Maybe you're new to the entire Home Patrol database of programming and you can't figure out Sentinel. Did you get a new SDR and you're trying to figure out how to install it or you want to learn how to use Unitrunker, DSD+, maybe set up a Pioware, or even just make some changes and you don't understand how the system and the equipment works? The podcast might be great for you, but maybe you need a little bit more of one-on-one help with setting something up. I'm available to do just that with you with our private tutoring sessions. You can book me online by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting for a one-hour session. And it's great because we can actually share computer screens remotely, and I can guide you through step-by-step as if I was sitting right next to you. So again, book me for an hour at scannerschool.com slash consulting for your scanner radio one-on-one tutoring session. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues, too. So visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issues and sign up today. That's natcommag.com for National Communications Magazine. Did you know you can help support Scanner School without it costing you any additional money? There's several ways you could do so. One of them is just by sharing the show. If you post a, a podcast session you've enjoyed on your Facebook page, share it on Twitter or retweet our stuff, that's a great way to help promote the podcast. Another way to do so is by going to scannerschool.com slash support and clicking on one of the banners in there that helps support the podcast. One of them is Amazon. If you click on our Amazon link and you make a purchase from our link, it doesn't cost you anything, but we earn a commission on that sale. If you're looking for software, we've got a great resource for you, Butel Software. I've been using Butel for years. Love their software. And I continue to buy their software today. And you can go directly to the website by going to scannerschool.com slash Butel or by scannerschool.com slash support. Now, again, it doesn't cost you anything extra if you're going to go ahead and buy that software and by using our link. Another method we have is by going to ScannerMaster. I love ScannerMaster. Been going to, uh, they've been getting my business for years when it comes to scanner radios and accessories. Now, again, if you use our link on our website and you go make a purchase at ScannerMaster, we make a commission off that sale. But again, it doesn't cost you anything to help support us using that method. Now, for those of you that want to contribute a little bit more directly, we have a couple ways you could do so. You can donate one time 
by using our PayPal link. But you can also become a Patreon supporter. By becoming a Patreon supporter, it gives you benefits for supporting our our podcasts and channels and everything else. At the $1 a month level, it's a great way of saying thank you. At the $3 a month level, you will get the podcast early. As soon as the podcast is ready to be published, you'll get it in your own private podcast feed. Now, at the $5 a month level, not only do you get the $3 a month benefits, but you also get a Squelchy sticker pack. Now, Squelchy is our little radio cartoon character that represents Scanner School. Not only do you get the, the, the stickers, but you also get a special monthly Q&A session that follows the general Q&A session I do on YouTube and Facebook just for you guys, just to help you out. So again, you can help support us on Patreon by going to scannerschool.com slash support. And I want to thank the following continuing Patreon supporters. Craig Harper, Dan, Glenn Blum, Glenn Bryden, Guy Lee, Irvin Thibodeau, James Felling, Jeff Block, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Mark Thompson, Mark Beebe, Raymond Hill, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Scott Vorder, Signals Everywhere, Stephen Sheffield, Todd Glendi, and William Arcand. Now, again, the $5 a month is our best uh, valued tier. And if the Patreon takes their cut, that's like giving us a dollar a week for the benefit of not only getting the podcast early and also getting your own private Patreon supporter live Q&A video session. So again, scannerschool.com slash support. Okay, welcome back to Scanner School. We're talking about the BC780 XLT. So let's take a quick look though at some of the aftermarket stuff that was available on this scanner. Now, of course, Butel, my introduction to Butel was with this radio and a great, great piece of software. I Again, to this day, I'm still using software from Butel, but Butel had at some time supported up to the ARC 780, was supported, I think, lost support in Windows XP. ProScan still supports, and I still use ProScan to program my uh, 780 XLTs. You have software like Unit and Commander. There's Java 780, SCTL, Tuner on the Linux environment. It supported software like Unitrunker. I think there was Trunk Decoder. It was another piece of software or something like that that was that was there. People would modify and add in discriminator taps into this. There's pages and pages on modifications to this on mods.dk. Now, again, we'll put a post to mods.dk in the session notes. But Scanner Master actually really introduced a lot of aftermarket accessories on the BC 780 XLT. So what a lot of people did with the 780 XLT is they took it with them. Not only did, was there, did they mount them on their desks or they mounted them in the car, but they actually used it as a portable radio. This is amazing to think about it. But they sold protective carrying cases for the 780 XLT. Scanner Master came out with a way of plugging in a set of batteries internally to the scanner. You would plug in the scanner and it would charge those batteries up. And then when you would take the radio out, you'd have internal battery packs running the scanner. Unbelievable what would come out of this unit, right? Because you didn't have a, a portable radio that worked the same way as a 780XLT. Not only that, but... You had a frequency converter. They called it the Scan Plus. Now, the Scan Plus would actually allow you to monitor AM and shortwave broadcasts. Again, you wouldn't be able to do sideband or anything like that, 
but it would plug into the the DB9 connector on the back of the scanner, and it would also plug into the built-in antenna port. I mean, unbelievable the way that things would work with this. There's also a automatic display activation on the scanner. Now, again, this would plug into the RS-232 port on the back of the scanner, and it would then trigger to light up the display on the scanner. So only when you actually had activity on a frequency would it light the backlight. Now, again, portable scanner operators, right? We we That's built into our scanners, but why would that ever be built into a mobile or a desktop environment? Now, when you pair that up with the battery modification, you can then extend the life of the batteries in your now portable 780XLT. Another cool thing that came about was an automatic mute. Now, this automatic mute had an RF sensor in it. And what would happen is if you were to transmit, like say, in your vehicle on a two-way radio, this auto mute would sense that and would trigger a mute over the RS-232 port on the scanner and would mute the scanner so you wouldn't get any type of feedback or you wouldn't hear the scanner while you were transmitting. What's really cool about this too is that you'd have a delay timer built into that. So after you de-keyed, you could say, oh, I want it to be muted for up to five seconds. So it's really, again, outside of the box thinking here was really interesting with the scanner that really opened it up with the external market. Another thing that was really cool with this scanner as well was the fact that there was an aftermarket remote head kit. You actually had to physically open up the scanner, detach the front face panel. You replace it with a blank panel with a data jack on it. Then you could then remount the head with a new backing plate somewhere in your vehicle or on a shelf or anything like that. Now, they weren't exactly cheap. But what a cool design and thinking outside the box. Now, it again, elevated the BC780XLT beyond what Uniden ever expected it to be. Now, again, I'm reminded about all this stuff because I had a customer mail me his BC780XLT. And, of course, it had the new aftermarket attached detachable faceplate on it. So... It just reminded me of all the things that this 780XLT brought to the table. Now, let's talk about the pet peeve here. The pet peeve is that the 780XLT, when it first came out in the year 2000, cost about $350. Now, when we think about a scanner these days that costs $350, we're thinking the BCD996P2, the 325P2, something in that ballpark, right? It's it's up there, it's pricey, but it's not the price of a 536 HP or the SDS 100, the SDS 200, right? That costs $600. But if you plug in $350 into a inflation calculator, that scanner now costs you about $525. You know, and many people are like, I'll never pay $500 for a scanner. That's just ridiculous. What are these manufacturers thinking? charging so much for a radio. Whatever happened to back in the day, I used to buy scanners for $300 and that's the point they should be at. Well, yeah, but when you compare 20 years worth, worth of inflation on these things, well, guess what? It, it was a 520 something dollar scanner, dollars to dollars. So they were expensive and the accessories were pretty costly too. So, you know, there, there's things do change, but again, these 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 scanners, if, if you have one, 
dig it out. I mean, mine still works great on my – luckily, I'm fortunate here. I have EDAX in my county, which is my OEM is on there, and the county jails and you know stuff like that. So there's still some activity I can use that for. It does alpha tagging, 16-channel alpha tag, so I can still know what – you know if it's something different, I can – don't remember, talk group IDs. But – it has a purpose still. So again, it does do AM, FM, and wide FM modes. Now, the FM is not the ultra narrow band that you think of these days. So you may not get some great quality if you're listening to something like that. And again, the step sizes won't exactly fit either. But it's a great radio for marine monitoring, aviation monitoring. Again, if you have LTR, EDAX in your area, if you have conventional, I love it. I love my 780 XLT. Again, I picked one up secondhand because it was public. It was it was out there for purchase when I was going through that period of time when I had other priorities in my life. <laughs> so I got back in just as these were going out. I I was waiting for the 785D to come back in before. If the 75D wasn't coming out, I definitely would have picked one of these up new. But fortunately, I I have a little pile of them now, and uh, I recommend that you do the same. They're they're great radios. Again. Scannerschool.com slash BC780XLT will take you right to a bunch of eBay auctions for these radios. And, you know, we'll, we'll have some specs and some information on it are, there as well. But again, if you don't have one of these radios, I highly recommend it. Now, we'll talk about more about this tonight. Again, join me on Zello, Scannerschool.com slash Zello for our weekly Zello Scanner Radio Net. On there, we talk about a lot of different things when it comes to the scanner radio market. I hope everybody is safe. Again, a lot of us are on quarantine or lockdown or social distancing or whatever it is. Right now is a great time to dig out some radios and play around with some things, maybe make some extra purchases. Why not? It always makes you feel good to see a box in the front door, right? All right, guys. Again, hope you're all safe. Hope you enjoyed this look back on the 780 XLT, and maybe I'll talk to you tonight. 73, everyone.